0: Hello, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Unwise Girls. I'm your host, Jacqueline.
1: And I'm Jane, the other host.
0: And today we're here to bring you all the wonderful news that our brand new book, except we do do an episode already and I forgot that, that mm. our almost brand new book, It's the, the pain's coming off of it, uh, The Titan's <laughs> Curse, is bringing you. Jane. Hello. Got anything to drink today?
1: Uh, as, as every week, I just have a tall glass of water.
0: I also have a crisp bottle of water, so one of us is more environmentally friendly than the other, <laughs> but you know, it's okay.
1: I mean, do you not just keep those water bottles and refill them constantly? Until it becomes, like, chemically unsafe to drink out of them?
0: I don't trust the the water here. <laughs> it's, it, I just don't, I can't, I don't have it in my heart to. That's extremely bad. There, there have been, there have been one too many, don't drink the water, don't drink the water.
1: I think it's kind of too late, the water already turned you gay.
0: Yeah, well, listen, listen, H2O stands for homosexual. To oh, uh, so Jane, give me a quick, uh, one set like just one sentence summary of your thoughts on these chapters. Uh,
1: big improvement over last week and set up interesting themes that I want to see explored. Uh,
0: mine is I think that this book is cool. I'm not good at these. All right, <laughs> let's, let's go right into the summaries here. Uh, Jane, of course, it was your d- responsibility for no, you summary this week. You're, not,
1: you're not getting me with this again.
0: <laughs> uh, last time it was true.
1: <laughs> okay, but you're not getting a repeat of the same just, like, cold, unbridled panic. Uh,
0: one day I'll- g- <laughs> it's always very fun, though. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Chapter 5. I place an underwater phone call. Camp Half-Blood is in full winter mode, but also emptier than ever. When Thalia, Nico, and Percy meet with Mr. Dean Chiron, Percy almost gets in a fight with Dionysus, who is being flippant about Ameth's fate. He's only saved by some fortuitous fanboying from Nico. Thalia walks away with Percy, and she reflects on how unfair everything has been. Luke's betrayal, Ameth's disappearance, the whole tree thing, and apparently the death of her mother while she was transformed. Percy tries to chew her up and offers her the co-captain position at Tomorrow's Capture the Flag game but he puts his foot in his mouth and pisses her off by connecting her fear of driving to her mom's death. While going around camp, Percy learns that Clarice went missing while on a quest for Chiron, and when he gets back to his cabin, he uses a fountain to Iris, as much to Tyson, who updates him on the war. It seems like old sea spirits are making trouble, and the Princess Andromeda's ship is headed for the Panama Canal. After dinner, Percy has a nightmare in which Annabeth is struggling up a dark hill, atop which Luke is in great pain. Annabeth takes his place and Luke leaves her there to hold an impossible wait and wait for help to come. Chapter 6. An old dead friend comes to visit. After breakfast, while watching the satyrs chase the nymphs, Percy tells Grover about his dream and learns that while Grover was stalking the hunters, he saw Zoe panicking because she dreamed that Artemis was kidnapped. He also tells Percy that the hunters were scouting them, and that Annabeth was carrying their brochure. Percy is pissed and feeling lost, so he goes to the oracle's attic for guidance, where he finds Aphrodite's scarf that Annabeth took from him during the Ares Waterproof mission, which she assumed she threw away. Later, the Camper V hunter captures the flagons badly, with Zoe winning it for the hunters, and Percy and Thalia getting into such a bad argument about whose fault it was that they nearly kill each other with their powers, but they're stopped by the sudden appearance of the oracle, who delivers a prophecy to Zoe. Five shall go west, the goddess in chains. One shall be lost in the land without rain. The bane of Olympus shows the trail. Campers and hunters combined prevail. The titan's curse must one withstand, and one shall perish by a parent's hand. Chapter 7. Everyone hates me but the horse. Percy and Grover carry the oracle back to the attic, and Grover admits that he hopes the great stirring has brought Pan back to the wilds. Percy then goes with Thalia to a cabin leader council meeting that Dionysus called, where, after some deliberation and argument, it's decided that Zoe, Bianca, the hunter's best tracker Phoebe, Grover with his tracker song, and Thalia will follow Artemis' trail, tailing the monster she was following known as the Bane of Olympus, rescue her, and get her back before the Olympian Winter Solstice meeting so she can push for meaningful anti action. Percy is upset that he won't be going, and Chiron tries to comfort him, but also lets him know in no uncertain terms that he should not go. For one, apparently Zoe has a bad history with Riptide, his sword. Percy then IM's his mom, and sees that she's apparently on a date with some guy named Paul Blothus. When Paul goes to the restroom, Percy and his mom have a quick talk where she encourages him to go after Annabeth, because she would do the same for him. At night, he sees Annabeth again, still supporting the collapse that she was before. But then sees Artemis coerced by an unknown voice and taking the burden for herself. When the voice, the general, says Annabeth is of no further use, Luke argues should be more useful alive. The general gloats about how the hunters are playing into his hands, but Percy is woken by Blackjack. The black peg says who they indirectly helped escape from the Princess drama last summer. Who tells him that the hippo camp? I need him. Percy reluctantly agrees, but sticks Annabeth's Yankees cap into his pocket. He has a feeling it's going to be a long time till he sees the cabin again. Chapter 8. I Make a Dangerous Promise Blackjack takes Percy to the beach, where he dives to the bottom and spends about an hour saving a baby cow serpent tangled up in rope. On his way back to camp, he sees Nico spying on the hunters, and hears that while riding nearby that the Stoll brothers played a prank on Phoebe that put her in the hospital. Zoe believes, due to the camp's weather protection, that this is what one shall be lost in the Land of Thought Rain referred to, and that they have to leave at dawn, because she has a feeling it would be dangerous to pick someone new for the quest, that whoever joined would be in even worse danger. He also hears that Zoe is hiding a part of her dream related to the general. Nico pleads with Percy that if he can't go on the quest, Percy should go for him, and follow behind invisibly so he can make sure Bianca stays safe. Percy sees Argus's van, taking the quest members into the city. And with a promise to Nico to do his best, Percy falls behind on the back of Blackjack. So, what'd you think of these chapters?
1: Uh, I kind of want to hear what you thought about them first.
0: Okay, so I thought that these were actually- And now I'm going to talk
1: about my thoughts on the new Skullduggery Pleasant book, Dead or Alive. Because uh, you've done this to me twice.
0: <laughs> no, what are you th- what are you saying?
1: So, I talked about this a little bit on the bonus episode, but I've been reading the new Skullduggery Pleasant book that came out this month. And it's actually kind of, like, really good for the first time in, like, five books. And builds on a lot of the background stuff that was in those books to make a really compelling narrative about, like, the rise of fascism and the morality of killing fascists. Yeah, And it's just, it's very, it's very interesting and also, like, quite nice to see that in uh, a kid series where, like, so much media aimed at kids is, like, an alt-right pipeline.
0: Yeah, totally. Uh, so what does this have to do with uh, Percy Jackson?
1: Uh, well, just like Skullduggery Pleasant Series 2 had initial growing pains and then is suddenly turning out to actually be quite good, mm-hmm. I didn't like the first four chapters of this book, and now I'm really on board with these four.
0: Okay, totally. <laughs> yeah, I... I'm glad that you're liking it too. I was, I was, I was kind of worried we would be like fighting or not fighting, but arguing this whole like, see, like six episodes or whatever it's going to mm-hmm. be about like, oh, I like it. Oh no, I don't like it. And I don't, I don't know if I can handle that much stress in my life. But... It's too much
1: conflict. We're we're both too too bottomy for that.
0: <laughs> Speak for yourself, ma'am. But <laughs> there's there's a little bit of like. I'm glad that we've that I, I like these, and so I'm glad that my friend Jane likes them too. Yeah, I think that this is definitely like we're getting into the action, the like you said, like the themes, the emotional core. I, I we're getting into the the meat of it. Mm-hmm. What we kind of had, I think, with the first four chapters, were pretty much just four chapters of setup, and like obviously that's what you do in a book, but also sometimes setup doesn't always come off as cleanly as it you know sometimes setup yeah. isn't so impressive to read
1: yeah it was a lot of it was action to get the pace going and it was set up for the plot and there wasn't a lot of room left in there for like character stuff i think
0: yeah uh and so you made some points about what you're liking and that like what can you give an example of what you're really into so far with these chapters
1: uh so this is actually this is something that you mentioned last week uh but i think like one thing that's going to come up a lot in this book is the idea of, like, Percy growing up. Yes. Because, like, there's all sorts of stuff um, relating to that, even outside of, like, oh, Percy's starting to notice girls now. Uh Like, we see his temper's getting worse, which, you know, hormones do that.
0: Totally. He's he's very emotional now. He's a very emotional boy. Like, even more so than before.
1: Yeah, I feel like before he had a little bit of, like, cool detachment from what was going on.
0: Yeah, his... His, his go-to emotion tended to be, like, I guess, like, mild suicidal ideation.
1: Yeah, he was, he was either bewildered or thinking about killing himself. Basically. <laughs> so I'm glad that's, that's no longer um, his primary emotion, it seems. But, like, we get the conversation with his mom where, unlike everyone else, she like acknowledges that, yeah, he's growing up and she can't really tell him what to do anymore. And there's like, we see him taking responsibility with his uh, role as like the son of the sea god, and also like his relationship with Nico. I really love the scene where um, he like takes off the invisibility cap, talks to Nico, and Nico is obviously like in awe of him. Because it doesn't really say it, but it indicates that like, okay, Percy's actually quite experienced now. He's actually quite impressive to the point where like someone who was his age when all this started finds him very impressive.
0: Yeah, it's it kind of brings me back to like when Percy first arrived at Camp Half Blood a little mm-hmm. bit. I feel like this is to an extent how Percy viewed Luke.
1: Yeah, I, I I was thinking that like right before you said it,
0: but yeah. And I I I really I just like that we're seeing Percy in like a more established role in that way, and that he's like he's t- he's taking more responsibility as like he's the older kid. He's looking out for Nico. That's mm-hmm. kind of like half of his reason for going out. Okay, it's hard... He makes the promise to Nico, but I don't know if I would say that's, like, a good percentage of his reason for leaving. But he does at the very... Like, he promises to try and take care of Bianca.
1: Yeah, I'd I'd say a solid 75-80% to of the reason is to help Annabeth.
0: Yeah. But what I like is that Percy is taking responsibility for these relationships, knowing that he is, like... He kind of has a role... Like, he checks in on Tyson. Yeah. And... I, I think that's really nice, because I was honestly kind of expecting for Tyson to not show up for a few books.
1: Yeah, it, I mean, it did kind of seem like he'd would done his thing and he was out.
0: Yeah, but I like that we're showing that, like, hey, this... Like, it wasn't just, like, BS. Like, when, it wasn't just, like, a, the, the end of an emotional arc and then done when Percy was like, this is my baby brother, and mm-hmm. I care him. Like, it, it's... I'm glad that that's... Staying around, like I'm glad that that's continuing to be part of their relationship, is that Percy like cares about him as a brother. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, for sure. I guess, like, I guess you could say in general, Percy seems to be like slipping into a kind of older brother role.
0: Yeah, he kind of is. Because like, that's
1: that's what he's doing for Nico as well. Even if he finds him irritating, he still looks out for him.
0: It's like a nice character development thing because mm-hmm. Percy is always at the very. From the first book, at least, uh, we get his relationship with Grover also kind of being like that.
1: That's a good point. I didn't think of that. That's because he's always talking about how he's protecting him when he's getting bullied for having crutches.
0: Yeah, I. So I enjoy. I feel like this is kind of taking that element and bringing it back to the forefront, and I really like that. It's like he's developing his own like self-image and like his own like this is who I am as a person.
1: Yeah, that's, that's also something we get with, like, the sea god stuff he's doing.
0: Right, right. Like how uh, we see it manifest through his, like, better control of his powers in his battle with Thalia, for instance?
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Oh, but also, I, I I assume you're also talking about when he saves the baby cow serpent.
1: Yeah, that that specifically is, like, that's Percy taking a lot of responsibility.
0: I, d- I didn't expect that kind of thing at all. Like, it's such a little moment, like, it's, I'm sure it'll come back later. Probably. Usually that's the way it goes. But right now it wasn't like, the way I was expecting it to go was like, Blackjack brings him to the hippocampi, they tell him something, and that's what sends him on his quest. I like that that's not what happened. I like that he got the moment to just like show that like, he has some like responsibility. Mm -hmm. And he's like just doing a good thing.
1: Yeah, I really like what, this is kind of ties into that, what these chapters do for um, Percy and Thalia as, like, kids of the big three. Because previously we've been, like, we've been told that that's important and that that makes them more powerful than everyone else, but we haven't seen a lot of it. And I think what we get in these chapters is we get Percy doing, like, the actual duties that he's supposed to do, and we also get that, like, devastating fight between him and Thalia, where, like they are on the verge of killing each other and chiron can't do shit about it
0: that fight is like maybe one of my favorite things i've read in these books so far Mm -hmm. it's it's so good these characters who are like trying to get along so much they keep just like grating against each other and it it really like annabeth was completely right in that like these two could either be the best of friends in the world, or they could just, like, kill each other. Absolutely. And that's what we're seeing, and I love it. I love him having that relationship. I love her having that relationship. It does a lot. It shows more for both of their characters. I, and just, like, it's so intense. It brings, because the way that the fight starts out, it's not just, like, they start throwing punches. Like, she accidentally throws him with her, like, full force charge of her electric powers, like, complete, and she doesn't realize, she was like, didn't mean to go that hard, mm-hmm. and she's like flustered, and she's like, Percy, I'm so- but he just immediately re- retaliates before she can apologize.
1: Yeah, I really love the, um, like, especially the build-up to that fight, like like you were saying, they're, they're trying to get along, but there's so much obvious tension in, like, every single line of dialogue between them. Like, they're, they're trying, and like Thalia even, like, Opens up to Percy a little bit about her mother, and then Percy immediately says the wrong thing and sour[s] the situation again.
0: Yeah, and it's one of those things where it's like he didn't necessarily mean to her. He he wasn't making like a barb. He wasn't throwing like Mm -hmm. he just said like a a stupid kid thing. He was like, "Oh, your your mom died in a car crash." That's kind of like how you're scared of driving cars, (laughs) and like obviously that's gonna hurt her and. But before that happens, we get, like, we actually get to see, I guess, some, like, vulnerability and, like, what their relationship could be like.
1: Yeah, it definitely, it gives a little bit of, like, depth and flavor to something that's mostly been, up to that point was mostly conflict, and then it just builds and builds the tension until it all spills over later.
0: Right, and I think this is also kind of reflected like what you were saying about them like showing that they were the kids of the big three. Mm -hmm. I think that like them being the leaders of the capture the flag match. Yeah. And they're they're sort of like positioning as like uh, Athalia is the offensive leader, Percy is the defensive leader. That's really good.
1: Yeah, for sure. I, I'm I'm very glad to see the return of CTF2 Fort finally.
0: Yes, it, very much so. It's it's still really good. It's still like a good fantasy sport.
1: Yeah, I also really liked the um, as a fairly like decent shorthand for showing like no everybody fucking hates the hunters is that like we don't actually get any of the politicking between the cabins that we get from book one. It's just every cabin is absolutely down with teaming up to try and destroy them
0: the hunters are grating against everybody the they're fighting with like sirena beauregard of aphrodite cabin because they're like love is useless and she's like shut the fuck up (laughs) and they're fighting with the Ares cabin they're fighting with every oh and during the of the flag match uh they also end up in a little fight with hermes cabin (laughs) And that's not doesn't go so great for them.
1: <laughs> I feel like I feel like their retaliation was a little bit fucked up.
0: The still, okay, the Percy people people talk a lot about how, and yes, I'm sorry, but I have to make this comparison. The Weasley twins in Ooh. Harry Potter are like they're like people think that they're all, they're the funny brothers, but they're like kind of like sociopaths
1: horrible sociopaths who then become arms dealers
0: but the soul brothers aren't even hiding it (laughs) (laughs) like i love how unhinged this series can get with like these like some of these kids can just be super evil at times like basically what they do is that they get like a few arrows shot at them by one of the girls from the hunters phoebe Mm -hmm. specifically and they what they do is they give her a shirt that's like a commemorative artemis shirt and they lace it with, pu- with like burning acidic centaur blood so that when she puts it on she's like put in the hospital for weeks
1: hey where did they get centaur blood
0: cuz we are chiron <laughs> i <laughs> uh,
1: we're having a blood drive
0: <laughs> we're having a blood drive Do you think you could donate some of your blood? They just put out like a a coffee mug. And he's like, well, you see, kids, this is, my centaur blood is actually quite acidic. Don't get this on your skin. And they're like, we won't, we promise.
1: You could just, you could just tell Chiron that he was going to like die of cancer and they need to drain his blood to like balance his humors. And he'd have no choice but to believe them.
0: Chiron knows nothing about modern medicine.
1: I mean, he's basically like an ancient Greek boomer, do you really think he'd learn?
0: I hope he would, but I guess probably not, <laughs> no. Oh, jeez, yeah. Maybe it was the party ponies, maybe they're like, maybe they've had this- oh, maybe maybe they just had this. Maybe they had this in a jar, like, waiting for the perfect prank.
1: It's like it's like that um, monster prom event where you can just like buy the used tampon. They yeah. just found it.
0: It was in the camp store. <laughs>
1: Five bucks.
0: Chiron gets commissions. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I the capture the flag game is awesome, and it has a great ending. Not just with the fight, but also the oracle stuff.
1: The oracle stuff is really cool and really dramatic. And the scene where like Grover and Percy having to like drag this corpse back to the house is so funny.
0: It is like the oracle is just like a mummy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's just a dead person that Chiron keeps in the attic so that he can keep cashing her pension,
0: <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, no, yeah, ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, so, hey,
1: Grover, what the
0: fuck? huh? what Grover do? Oh, no, I know what Grover did <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah i
0: so i I did say this in my summary because i there's no other way to say it. Percy admits that he was stalking the hunters.
1: Yeah, Percy just like, credit for Percy for calling about and just straight up accusing him of stalking.
0: Yeah, like he's being so weird about the hunters. It's, and I think it's especially like, not ironic, it's kind of like fun that in the background of them talking about this, the they're watching the satyrs chase the nymphs around. which Mm-hmm. Which, which is... A very another very sanitized take on Greek myth. Where, oh God,
1: I didn't even think about that.
0: Where you know, if they catch them, the nymphs will give them a little kiss.
1: <sighs>
0: but, but you know. Uh,
1: and here I thought the nymphs were being kind of mean about it, but actually that's completely justified.
0: No, I the nymphs rule turn into a tree if i would if I could turn into a tree, I would just like as a prank, it'd be so good.
1: Talia has entered the chat
0: I'm so sorry Talia <laughs> uh, But it's like really weird That Grover is like obsessed with the hunters Like mm-hmm. It's I don't like I know it's like they're all naturey And like I I get that but he's like It's really creepy to read
1: Yeah like You know they swore off guys right
0: Yeah I, like, it's already a blanket got-
1: no. Well,
0: no, because they say later that uh, satyrs basically, they imp- imply that satyrs, like, don't have gender, basically.
1: Non-binary grover real.
0: <clears throat> Non-binary grover real. But it's, well, because they're like, we'll accept a satyr, but not a boy. <laughs> and, uh, like, on, on their quest, which is interesting. Like, I wonder if gender, like, I assume that satyrs just, like, all come in the same form, basically. Like, they don't have, like, you know, like, dimorphism.
1: I assumed it was just Zoe had already been told that she had to take one uh, camper, and she was just looking for any excuse to tell Percy to go fuck himself.
0: Probably that, too. She <laughs> saw his sword, and, like, I, I wonder what's up with that, like, the the history between Zoe and Percy's sword.
1: I don't know if it's a Zoe thing, and then if it might be more an Artemis thing. How so? I mean, I don't have any, like, supporting evidence from Greek myth for this. But just, I wasn't, um, Riptide, like, originally Poseidon's sword?
0: Is that, is that right? I don't know if that's right. I...
1: I might be completely wrong about this.
0: I could do some quick Googling. Hopefully it won't be a spoiler. But, uh, let me see. Oh, yeah, there's a spoiler. No, whoops, whoops, whoops. Okay. Oh, no. But I'm I'm looking back at my notes, and I don't have my book in front of me because my... (laughs) My People just really want to read these books for some reason. Uh
1: They were listening to the hit podcast on Wise Girls and thinking, damn, I need to check these out.
0: Yeah, but I, I have it on hold right now, so it should hopefully get back to me soon enough. <laughs> and I, but I do remember specifically it saying like, Zoe probably didn't want you coming because she has a bad relationship with the sword. So I, I think it must be like a more personal thing.
1: I... I'm not prepared enough to argue the issues to flip through the very difficult to navigate Kindle version to uh, dispute that. So I will take your word for it.
0: Okay. No, yeah, I, (sighs) yeah, no, I, I'm interested about that. I'm interested about, I don't know, this, this was also like setup chapters before we get into the main quest, Mm -hmm. but we just really got into the flow of it. I don't know. It's, this is, this is good stuff.
1: Percy Jackson is finally hitting its stride. No, I will not stop saying Percy Jackson.
0: No, absolutely not. Uh, per- per- I can't wait for Ether C for Percy Jackson <laughs> Ether C.
1: I mean, that's what we got in these chapters. He went into I the sea. I guess so.
0: Ah, oh, he did. That's that's Percy Jackson enter C. I I see what you I see what you mean, but there's a slight difference in those words.
1: I I actually wasn't going for an intentional pun there at all.
0: I know, but I was making a joke, because Jane doesn't know what jokes are.
1: It's true. I've never told a it's joke okay. in my life.
0: <laughs> uh, it's okay to not tell- it's, Jane, you're very funny without telling jokes.
1: Thank you. Hey, what the fuck is Mr. D wearing?
0: Uh, tell me what he's wearing.
1: Let me- okay, now I need to navigate through the book to find this exact bit. I've been trying not to pay attention to Mr. D, but he was kind of hard to ignore with his neon orange leopard skin warm-up suit- and his purple running shoes.
0: This is a perfect outfit.
1: <laughs>
0: this is. I, I think we've already got some. like, Dionysus is like, he's the washed out party guy, and this is like what the washed out like fifty year old like used to be in Hollywood. Like this is what he would wear.
1: I, I feel like this is this is like washed up old gay guy clothing.
0: I, he's also obviously that.
1: Yeah, I, I kind of want to submit him for this week's uh, Percy Jackson character who is not Cisette segment.
0: Uh, certainly, certainly. We need a shorter name for that. <laughs> Listeners, if you have any ideas for the the segment name, please uh, submit them to us on Discord or Twitter or wherever.
1: I mean, considering that we only have one segment, I think a longer name is actually good because that lets us pad for a bit more runtime.
0: True. We're just saying the name of the segment takes yeah. like three minutes? Is that what you're saying? I, I feel so, like that's yeah. what we need to go for. yeah, I suppose you're right. Well, okay. so getting back on track. Dionysus <laughs> in these chapters, um, he's still really good. I think my favorite my favorite funny Dionysus hashtag funny Dionysus moment is when uh, when Chiron is like two like at least two may die and Dionysus is like, oh, goody. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I was just reading my magazine just, you know, P- Pinot Grigio is coming back, or something like that it's, yeah. it's very good
1: see, I, I like that um, I like this, but this is better the meme thing uh, which is where um, like, Zoe says oh, Artemis is like one of the people calling for war against Kronos, if she's not there at the solstice, then we'll lose an entire year of war preparations And Dionysus, like, his head snaps up, and he's like, are you saying that we're indecisive and bad at running everything? And she says yes, and he just agrees with her and goes back to his magazine.
0: Yeah, he's like, oh, just making sure, sure, cool. And it's very good. Like, it's basically, like, we, we are not misreading this series. Like, it is very much intentional that, like... I don't know that like the the gods are just horrifically incompetent. It's it's very it's it's really the gods good.
1: Are, are mostly like horrible people.
0: Yeah, what do you think of the dreams? There are a lot of dream sequences in these chapters. Uh, Let
1: Luke be the main villain. Let him take center stage. God damn it!
0: Uh, so you don't like the the general?
1: I mean, the general is kind of nothing so far. I'm sure I could learn to love him, but like. In terms of like where the series is going long term, I want Luke to be stepping into the role of like the main big bad instead of like the weird pathetic um, sidekick to this new guy.
0: The way I see it right now is that he's on a path to either become like the big bad, or he's going to like have a face turn.
1: Oh, I feel like the face turn is absolutely inevitable, whatever way this goes.
0: Y- yeah, but it, that's it's it's giving him more like. It's characterizing him more as like a person with like a history and feelings, like that is true. It's and to that extent, like I don't see him as so much as like a sniveling coward or whatever. As much as like he's trying, he he hates like he kind he hates, kind of hates the campers. He he really hates the gods, but like he spent two years of his life just with Annabeth and Thalia, and he obviously still really cares about both of them. Mm-hmm. That's another thing, is that we find out, I don't know if we knew this exactly before, we find out that Thalia, Luke, and Annabeth were out, like, in the wild for two whole years.
1: Yeah, I don't think we've had a uh, specific number put on it before.
0: That's wild. Like, because we talked, like, in the first book, like, oh, wow, Percy's encountering so many monsters, I wonder what it must have been for them for, like, however many months mm-hmm. they were out there for two years! Like, I know... You were talking last time about how, you know, it kind of felt like Thalia was being overemphasized about how comp- competent she was.
1: Yeah, I think I, this that's this line is specifically in here to get people like me to shut the fuck up.
0: Definitely, definitely. I I do everything this year. I I really like the potential. I I think what this is leading up to, this is what I want it to lead up to is mm-hmm. Luke like Luke and Annabeth having that emotional connection still I hope we get scenes of that happening and I hope that Luke betrays her trust again
1: for time number three now uh,
0: well I. Well, what was time number two
1: um when he dropped a rock on her in these chapters
0: well okay yes uh, <laughs> but I, I guess I just really want to see maybe it would be good if he just like came back to their side at the end Oh, no, I, I really want
1: to see like To to be clear, I'm I'm agreeing with you. I'm saying like it'd be good if it becomes like this is like his thing. It's a consistent character trait.
0: I don't know if I want to see it every book, but I definitely want to see it like I want to see them go through the turmoil of it. Of like
1: mm-hmm. specifically
0: I want because I think this is gonna lead to more Annabeth stuff. And I really like more Annabeth stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean as much as I am I am down on the idea of introducing a big villain for luke to be subordinate to i do like that we seem to be getting like set up for all the stuff that we complained about not being in sea of monsters being here
0: totally and to me it makes total sense that luke is like not kronos's i mean he's kind of his right hand but Mm -hmm. that he's not like kronos's most trusted general because i don't think kronos would care much for demigods
1: that that is true
0: to that extent, I I I like what we've gotten so far of him. I do. I want him to make a take a more central role as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was kind of. This has kind of thrown a lot of my uh, speculation about the first four chapters into question because I I was kind of um, wondering if the general was like a mortal who had right. like, s- somehow gotten mixed up in all of this because, like. Thorne didn't like percy mentioning luke and then like a helicopter gunship shows up manned by a few mortals so i thought it might have been like oh what if some like weird private military corporation has somehow managed to break through the mist and is like involved as a third party and like another evil faction
0: that would be fascinating because we've gotten a lot of military stuff like we got the military school that they went to at the beginning mm-hmm. we got the uh like you said we got the military like helicopter coming in and we got just like the name the general like it all makes like oh that would be interesting if it was like just like a human general that like maybe Ares could have some connection to that or like who knows you know there's a lot that could happen there yeah um, and it would
1: fit with a lot of what's what we've gotten so far of like expanding the world a bit by, like, you know, the hunters huh. existing and, like, the demigods doing stuff other than, like, the stuff that demigods do for these books, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. I, so I, that would be interesting to me. I think it's cool to have, like, another, like, the great stirring concept. Like, it sounds mm-hmm. like we're going to get a whole lot of, like, new and dangerous faces. Yeah. And, that does kind of excite me and i imagine this goes along with that so like maybe this is like some old evil spirit and i'd be really cool i think that'd be really cool to see
1: yeah definitely do you have because i think you know a little bit more about um greek myth than i do do you have any idea who the general might be referring to
0: my guess is that it is another titan mm-hmm. i think it's very possible that like kronos isn't the only one reviving maybe some of the like weaker ones or maybe not even a titan but like there were a lot of allies like in the whole like titan god of war yeah definitely so i i think there are a lot of like there's a lot of different kinds of things it could be we can cut this if you want to what do you know about this book
1: uh absolutely nothing
0: Absolutely nothing.
1: I remembered like a few bits and pieces from Sea of Monsters and I think I remember like like one bit from the end of the series. but uh Titan's curse is like a complete blank spot in my memory.
0: I get you, I get you. So my question is what do you think is happening with the whole like Percy dreaming of like some weird thing that like people are like is like collapsing? What do you think is all up with that?
1: I mean that's the world, right?
0: The world like how so?
1: As in, like, Atlas shouldering the world.
0: Oh, why do you think that?
1: Just because, well, because it's that's a Greek thing. And it's all about, okay. like, characters being put in place to hold on to the planet. Well, not planet, but a but really big, heavy thing.
0: I see what you mean. Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Hey, is Atlas a god or a titan?
0: Atlas is a titan. Uh, Atlas was... Uh, let me do some quick research. Atlas was okay. a he's a titan who i think after the war was condemned to hold up the sky um after the titanomachy or however it's pronounced
1: uh uh-huh.
0: hercules or heracles had to i think hold up the world for a while maybe perseus did too i'm not sure yeah uh, and that's a lot of like he was so he was a he's a punished titan basically
1: well maybe that's who the general is in that case. This is just I you'll probably know this, but this is like my rampant speculation is like maybe Kronos has sprung Atlas and is sticking a god under there to, you know, make sure the world doesn't fall apart.
0: That would be really cool, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh let's what do you we got a fun, we got a funny new comic relief character in these chapters.
1: Oh yeah, Blackjack.
0: Blackjack. What do you think of Blackjack?
1: Uh, I cannot read his lines in anything other than uh, Swiftwind from the Shira reboot's voice.
0: Honestly, same. I <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a lot like that. Um Were you surprised by like his existence?
1: Definitely. Like that seemed like a completely throwaway uh character in the last book. I was surprised to see him making a return.
0: Right, cuz we got like the idea of oh, um, like Luke has a really cool black Pegasus that he's going to ride out on. Mm-hmm. It's a very small detail in the last book, and now we have him here. It's like, I didn't even realize he escaped. Like, that's how small Yeah, no, it was. that's.
1: I didn't even think about it.
0: I, I wonder if I went back, if there would be like a little bit of like a, and the, the Pegasus escaped. But I totally, like, I think it's very fun that they have the cool black Pegasus now. And or they don't have him, he's a person. But, you know, I, I think it's I think he's funny.
1: Yeah, definitely. I like that um I know that like he despite being a horse and technically subordinate to Poseidon's kids, still gives Percy a bit of lip.
0: Yeah, like he's he's that guy in like a gangster movie or like one of those like comedy gangster like mob things, like in a comedy movie who's like Boss, he got. He kind of makes fun of the because he calls him yeah. boss, and he like makes fun of makes fun of Percy. But it's good.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's there's not a lot to him so far, but he's definitely like a fun addition
0: for sure. Because Percy seems like he's gonna be pretty isolated for this book. Yeah, uh, unless he like immediately gets discovered, his whole thing is that he's gonna be hiding behind them invisibly the whole time.
1: My absolute best case scenario for this book is that we get a bit of um Percy being isolated and then he runs into Clarice on whatever secret mission she's doing and spends some time with her.
0: I would love that. That'd be so good. Oh man, I miss Clarice already. I
1: Uh definitely.
0: I I I love Thalia. She just she's not she's not like the bully though. She's mm-hmm. I I would I wish Clarice is back and i i i think we could also get maybe some of that decentering of percy that we were talking about like
1: yeah definitely
0: i would be totally okay with just some chapters like percy is there like watching but it's mainly about the hunters and thalia and gro i'd be into that
1: yeah maybe like a fight scene where percy is helping invisibly
0: oh that would also be cool but even just like him watching from a distance and like seeing what they're doing but like not necessarily taking a role in it i think that like Mm -hmm. that would be percy is kind of the camera a little bit so to that extent it would be interesting like you know maybe just sit there like a camera does like obviously we want our main character to do stuff but you know sometimes he doesn't have to he's not the main character of the world to the book
1: yeah what do you think clarice is doing
0: clarice is okay so it's a secret quest she went on for Chiron. I think that. For hmm, more central maybe... blood, <laughs> he's very anemic. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he's like y- you know, Travis. I oh Christ, another name is Travis, isn't it? Uh, uh... <laughs> he's like oh you know, Connor. I, I, I'm glad to help with the blood drive, but. You're really. I feel so weak nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. He's being bled dry, literally. But.
1: Maybe he has, like, he has to keep a store of centaur blood that Clarice gets for him. And the Stoll brothers, like, stole the stuff for the t shirt out of that, and that is why Chiron looks, like, so fucked up at the start of this book. <laughs>
0: That could be right, too. <laughs> oh, uh, maybe Clarice is going on a mission. Maybe maybe he's, like, quote-unquote, sent her on a secret mission. But it's like, everyone was celebrating her at the end of the last book. Maybe they're back mm-hmm. to being sick of her. <laughs> and he was like, I gotta get this girl out of camp.
1: She's on a secret mission to pick up some pizzas.
0: She's on a secret mission to go pick up Chiron's dry cleaning.
1: <laughs> God, imagine Chiron's dry cleaning, though.
0: Oh, Jesus Christ. I don't want ha- to. I... The man
1: has no bladder control.
0: He doesn't wear pants, though, does he?
1: He has to sleep somewhere.
0: Maybe he sleeps on a. Hmm.
1: He's not in the stables. Blackjack said he wasn't in the stables.
0: Maybe his room is just like an empty room. <laughs> like, he has a little bit of hay. Like, he sleeps in the shower you know I mean? for
1: instant drainage.
0: Jesus. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh jeez. We talk there there was so much in these chapters that even as I'm looking through my summaries to find more stuff to talk about, it feels like there is yeah, like, stuff that I am missing. Why do you think they're going to the Panama Canal?
1: Uh, we should have started this podcast like maybe four weeks earlier yeah because we would be absolutely fucking golden for evergreen jokes
0: <laughs> oh we'd be ma- we'd be like oh did you hear about- oh my I just got what you were saying. I didn't understand your pun <laughs> Jane you you can't tell me that you don't make jokes when you dish out bangers like that oh thank you Oh God, I hate it oh, <laughs> Christ!! Whew. Do you have any prophecy predictions?
1: Any you know what, let me let me drag up the text of the prophecy. Ha Five shall go west to the goddess in chains. One shall be lost in the land without rain. The bane of Olympus shows the trail. Campers and hunters combine prevail. The Titan's curse must one withstand. And one shall perish by a parent's hand.
0: Yeah, I first of all, very good little, uh, very good little prophecy there. What do you think? Yeah,
1: uh, Bianca's fucking dead. Bianca? Yes.
0: Who's who's her parents?
1: Uh, okay, so full disclosure, this is something I do remember. <laughs> I I won't say because it is like I think a fairly major spoiler. Okay. But even even without that context, I would say the one with the mysterious parentage is probably the most likely to get offed by their mysterious parent.
0: Agreed. Because well, we, okay.
1: we we know the parents of everyone else who's there, more or less.
0: Counterpoint. Okay. We don't know Zoe's parentage.
1: I think Zoe's parents have been dead for centuries.
0: Well, okay. We don't <laughs> know if she's immortal or not. We don't know if she's a mortal, a demigod, a nymph That's what, true, because actually. Because she specifically like, doesn't respond when Bianca asks her.
1: That's a very good point.
0: If she is a demigod, then maybe it could be her. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess the other possibilities there are, like, Zeus kills Thalia.
1: I think it would be weird if, like, right after she makes her big return to the series and, like, changes the status quo, she just gets offed by her dad for unrelated reasons.
0: That would be pretty weird. (laughs) Oh, uh, and I don't. We don't know anything about Grover's parents. He probably he just has nice little satyr gr- parents. I'm sure.
1: We we know about his uncle, and that's it.
0: So it it's, it's probably either Zoe or Thalia. What about uh? Just like go through. It. What else do you think for here from here?
1: Uh, let's see. One shall be lost in the land without rain. I don't think Zoe's idea was like actually that off base. Like the, oh,
0: you the, think the bo- it might be Phoebe.
1: No, I don't it, it's not because like five have ended up departing, but I feel like the book slightly unfairly presents her as like grasping at straws when that's not you know Camp Halfblood doesn't get a lot of rain and they've lost one already. That makes sense.
0: Totally, totally. but also they haven't departed yet when that happens.
1: Yeah, all right. That's a fair point.
0: Yeah, and but to, I, I, it does like feel like she is grasping at straws, but also mm-hmm. like it, it, makes sense. Like that's a good little clever interpretation. It just feels like a reach because she doesn't want to admit that like some, like some stuff is up.
1: I mean, in her defense, as as we have discussed, and as is a common theme in all stories about Greek mythology, prophecies are bullshit, and you basically just spend your life trying to game them as much as possible
0: yeah yeah the bane of okay this is actually we get uh like a hint that there's a scary monster called the bane of olympus that artemis was tracking yeah what do you think the bane of olympus is
1: liver poisoning
0: now why why do you say this
1: because the gods are always like drinking and feasting even like even the ones who aren't dionysus are always doing that and i feel like if they could actually get liver damage olympus would be pretty fucked pretty quickly
0: so it's a monster who, like, it's it's just, like, the, a, a concept of liver damage that is, like, <laughs> trying to deliver itself to Olympus?
1: It is a monster that um, inserts livers into them while they're asleep, and then the livers get damaged and it kills them.
0: Wait, do the gods have organs or not? I don't think so. We see Artemis bloodied, and she has, like, golden blood. Mm-hmm. But you think they don't, they just don't have the like, you could poke one of their tummies and you could keep poking it in there.
1: I don't, I didn't say that. I didn't say they were like weird bags full of echo.
0: I It feels like that's what you're implying. I
1: didn't, I didn't want to imply that.
0: <laughs> I just it, meant they're like, more
1: ethereal than that.
0: I see, I see. So <laughs> if you poked one of their tummies, it would not just like go in there until you reach their back. No oh jesus yeah i hate that oh, i'm sorry jane i'm sorry that's terrible <laughs> uh campers and hunters combined prevail it's pretty straightforward yeah uh, the titan's curse must one withstand
1: what the fuck is the titan's curse
0: good question i guess that's the book the mystery of the book i guess so so i guess that's probably a good place to leave off on that
1: yeah we haven't really got anything to speculate on with that
0: paul Blofus.
1: Percy's mom is getting her fuck on, and she is, like, so ready for that that she basically just says, yeah, go go ahead and do a thing that might get you killed, now bugger off so I can do this.
0: That's horrifying, first of all. But, <laughs> uh, terrifying character you've portrayed of Sally. <laughs> kind of misogynistic, maybe. It's uh, a
1: horrifically unkind interpretation of the actually very nice <laughs> things that she says to Percy. <laughs>
0: Yes, yes. But, um... Oh, Jesus. Oh, I am peeking my microphone. One second. Maybe that's better. Okay. uh,
1: You sound exactly the same.
0: Well, yeah, but I'm recording differently. I see. Yeah, so... Uh, Percy's mom was so desperate. Sally. She has a name. Sally. Sally <laughs> was so desperate for just, like, the love of another person that she was like, okay, what's my track record? I like guys... Who are deeply related to fish and the underwater.
1: Oh my god.
0: (laughs) And so she chose a guy named Paul Blowfish.
1: Fuck, I didn't even think about that.
0: In this essay (laughs) Good for her.
1: I mean, yeah, good for her.
0: Good for her. Okay. Janie. Hello. That's you. That is me. Should we use our our names on the spot? I'm thinking about the listen to this. I guess so, yeah.
1: Like, Uh. for one thing, we put our Twitter handles in the every episode description, and then our names are in our Twitter bios.
0: Should we even do that, though? You ever think about that? Like, why are people looking- like, why do people on Twitter know my name? Why do they deserve to know my name?
1: I will simply refer to you as Friend.
0: Well, Friend, do you have any other big (laughs) thoughts on this book so far?
1: Uh, not really. I hope it, like, just kind of continues in the direction it's going.
0: Yeah, it's really good so far.
1: This is the most excited I've been to talk about Percy Jackson since the end of Lightning Thief.
0: Same. I I am really loving everything that's happening. I like all the new characters. Mm-hmm. I love the events. I'm excited for like what sorts of cool quest action will happen. I want to see all the mysteries unraveled. It's very good.
1: Yeah. And uh, one last thing before we uh, start to wrap things up. Do you have a character to submit for our... Uh... Percy Jackson is Percy Jackson character who is not cis-het segment.
0: I want to go this week with Bianca.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Bianca has entered the Coven of Lesbians and almost it, immediately spe- specifically in text that points out that she looks so much better. She looks her skin <laughs> is healthier. her hair is like, pushed out of her eyes she she has a glow about her and I think that's just what happens when you like finally come to terms with your sexuality (laughs) you know what I you know what I mean and you know deal with your stuff and I am so proud of her
1: I am also very proud of her that section is only slightly ruined by uh, Percy internally remarking that Zoe is prettier when she smiles more
0: (laughs) and with that (laughs) Thank you for listening to us today, everyone. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah. If you'd like to reach the show, you can at unwisegirlspod at gmail.com uh, or find us on Twitter at Swamp Duchess. Not, nope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or find us on Twitter at Unwise Girls, where we also have a link to our official Discord server. If you like us, if you love us, if you love the sound of our voices, you can support us by continuing to download our episodes, maybe leaving a nice rating and review for the algorithms, and checking out our Patreon. For a dollar a month, you get a special on our Discord marking you as a camp counselor. For three dollars, you get an even specialer role as a friend of Dionysus, and access to all of our bonus content. Last week, we talked about Homestuck Act 3. We talked about uh, all sorts of cool stuff. And... If you're feeling especially generous, for $5 you get the special stroll of Artemis has Chosen, all of our bonus content, and a special shout-out at the end of episodes.
1: Uh, speaking of, uh, this week we'd like to thank Mercy, the Wanaka friend, and Erica, who keeps forgetting to edit her name on Patreon.
0: Thank you, everyone. Thank you. And as we always say, at the end of every single episode...
1: See you next week, Camp Half-Blood. See you next week, Camp
0: Half-Blood. Bye!